Welcome to week number 186 of the Two Guys in the Fridays podcast. My name is Steve and that over there is Travis. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. It is morning. We are recording in the morning. I am uh, just waking up, so uh, <laughs> should be a fun one. I, I did watch all these shows. Two of them were late last night. Two of them I watched uh, a little earlier in the week, but uh, all right, all right. I'm excited to talk about them. Good. Yeah. I'm um, excited, too. A few things to get out of the way. Thank you, Abina, for the theme song this week. Thank you, Abina. Appreciate it. T-G-I-F-Cast at gmail.com. If you want to send in your own version of the theme song, we will play it on an intro of this show. And also, while you're doing that, make sure you're following us on all social media at T-G-I-F-Cast, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. We're on all of them. Every single one of them. Those four, at least. Well, those yeah, every single one of those ones that you mentioned. Yeah. We're on them. Um, let's see what else. That, 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 got that. Um, yeah, so we're a TGIF podcast. We like to go back. We watch all of TGIF exactly 30 years after it airs. This week, a little bit different. We watched, all the, we watched all the shows that aired this week 30 years ago, but then we did a little extra, a little extra credit for you. A little, a little uh, prep work, I would say. Prep work's a good way to put it. So what shows did we actually watch this week? So we watched, like you said, four episodes, two of those episodes, Getting By, season one, episode six, and Where I Live, season one, episode seven. Those both aired on TGIF. Those are our TGIF shows. Uh, Full How, or excuse me, Family Matters, step-by-step, we're in reruns. In addition, we watched uh, the first episode of a show called Home Free, which uh, halfway through its first season gets moved to TGIF. And then we also watched uh, Where I Live, season one, episode six, for whatever reason, I don't know why they decided to air episode six on a different day of the week in 1993 and then air episode seven on TGIF. So the order we're going to talk about them today is where I live. Episode six, uh, the first episode of home free getting by episode six and then where I live episode seven. So the last getting by and where I live are the ones that actually aired this week. And the first two shows are our prep work. So they're the ones that aired on TGIF this week. Yeah. The the other Getting By actually did air this week as well. They aired two episodes. Not, I'm sorry, not Getting By. Two episodes where of Where I, I Live in the same week. One was just not on TGIF, and then the other one was on TGIF. Okay. So I'm, I have no e- idea I'm even confused, why. but we watched them, and we'll still talk about them. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll work on clarifying the 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 Where I Live thing uh, as we. I think I got it. I think I got it. Well, I know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to figure out what day of the week. I think it was on Tuesday is when they actually aired that episode and what was the day there the, or the date that the friday was this week yeah so it was uh friday april 9th 1993 okay so we do like to see what was going on in the world 30 years ago that week back in 93 and uh, i got a couple things they're both kind of sports related one's okay. one's kind of sports entertainment related on uh april 4th 1993 wrestlemania 9 aired and nine. Uh, i don't remember watching this one uh, it took place at uh, Caesar's Palace in Vegas. Ooh, that, I think that's I think that's considered one of the worst ones. That's the one that was like Undertaker versus uh, Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, that's considered I think one of the worst WrestleManias. Kind of a double main event. Um, Hulk Hogan and oh, I can't remember who he was. It, it was. Uh, so the first match of the main event, uh, Yokozuna defeated Bret Hart by pinfall. Um, okay. He's the champion. Then right afterwards, a 22-second match where Hulk Hogan defeated Yokozuna to become the champion. Okay, okay. 
Yeah. I don't think I'm gonna go back and watch that, but uh, that's what that's what WrestleMania was that year. Yeah, it's it's. I think that that is generally considered one of, if not the worst, um, WrestleMania. It's and a, interesting if you've ever seen video of it. It's it, it's all it's all outside, like in the plaza area of Caesar's Palace, kind of like around the fountains. It's really strange. It's a really weird setup. Yeah, because I don't uh, imagine in my head that many people being able yeah. to fit right there. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Go back and just watch a video. You probably can find like the Undertaker match. I'm sure you probably find most of them online, but or, or at least on the network if they still have that. I don't know how that works anymore. But it's really weird. It's a really weird setup. It's a really awkward bunch of matches. I don't know. It, it's a it's a weird one. Uh, another sports story. The next day, April 5th, both the Marlins and the Rockies make their Major League Baseball debut. Okay. That's cool. I always forget how long ago that was. It seems like it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, they weren't both home games. One team won, one team lost, but uh, that's when they debuted. April 5th, 1993. All right. I'm going to see the Rockies this year. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. What about movies and music? What was number one this week? Uh, no change with the song. We still have Informer by Snow. Uh, that'll be around a couple more weeks. And then we have a new movie. It's only, It only gets one week with us, but the Burt Reynolds mm. classic. I don't know. Cop and a Half. So I don't even know if you remember that movie. But was there a little kid as the half? That was that's to the half. Yeah, a little kid who didn't have much of a career, I guess. Norman was D. It a girl? Golden the second. No, it was a guy, a little boy. Yeah, no remember uh, Yeah, all. he was in. He was only in one other movie after Cop and a Half, so didn't work out well for. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at this backwards. He was in a couple of things, but not not a lot. A handful of things total in his career. Wasn't really a very good movie. And didn't get good reviews when it came out. For good reasons. It was directed by Henry Winkler of uh, Fonzie fame. Mm-hmm. That's worth, but yeah. Okay. Birthdays, anything uh, this week? No birthdays. Let's get into it. This is where I live. This is our 8 o'clock slot that didn't actually air on 8 o'clock because we're doing prep work because this episode actually aired on a different day of the week. Which would have been Tuesday. It was Tuesday. So this aired Tuesday, April 6th, 1993. Again, no idea why. But they decided to air this episode on Tuesday, and then probably the next just episode... testing some stuff out, see how it well, does on Tuesday. Yeah. Probably wasn't doing great on Fridays, and they're like, so "Let's see if it's where better I live." Here. Yeah, yeah, where I live did eventually move to a different day of the week, and I do believe it eventually moved to Tuesdays. I'm make I might be making that up, um, but it did move off of TGIF after the first season, so. This could have been, like you said, then just kind of see how it worked in other places. Yeah, it, it did. Yeah, it came. Um, yeah, it got moved Tuesdays after Full House eventually. So this is Dante's Inferno and Dante spelled D-O-N-T-A-Y. This is not the Dante's Inferno we all know about, but we'll find out about. So it starts off, uh, get a little basketball intro, a bunch of basketball play right here with one dude on the team that seriously looks like he's a straight NBA player. Yeah, there's no way that that so the whole premise that we're about to get into is that they're getting the guys are getting beat pretty badly and normally they beat these guys. No way. Absolutely no way that they that these three dudes normally beat these giant like semi-pro basketball players. Reggie's a great basketball player in case you didn't know that. One. All three of these guys are good basketball players and twice the size of Reggie. And Reggie's the biggest guy in the group. Yeah, I'm a little worried about uh, Doug and uh, Malcolm's play, Doug. but we'll see. So, Doug's team loses in this game that the, that's going on right now. Um, Reggie not playing great, 
he's kind of to blame for this. Like he gets the ball a couple times for the win to win the whole thing and just like turns it over. The other team grabs it from him and uh we find out it's because Reggie's a little distracted. Second time. Second time he's been distracted by a by a lady. Yep, he's got a new girl. Uh right, this is the first time we've seen her, I think. Dante, yeah, first time. Um, the guys are teasing him a little bit because he's paying more attention to Dante than he is the game. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of ends off like that in the beginning intro because Reggie's, he's just not focused on basketball right now. Well, also Dante does come up to the game, uh, while they're playing, calls him Pookie. They all make fun of him for letting him, her call him Pookie. And it's just this whole thing. So, yeah. Yeah, so after the theme song, we come back to Doug. He's talking to the camera once again. Um, everyone looks worried about Reggie and not being able to play anymore. And then uh, Doug talks to uh, Dante, Reggie's girl, for a little bit and kind of uh, makes the impression that he doesn't want them to get too serious, but uh, it's looking a little serious. Yeah, I think he's trying to make sure that, like, no one's leading anybody on, but he, but Dante's like, no, this is serious. We're in a real relationship. I don't think you understand how serious this is. I think it's also important to note here. Dante is in college and, and Reggie is, as we know, still in high school. Yeah. Um, so even after the conversation, Doug's still a little worried about this whole situation. And, uh, Reggie tells Doug, well, don't worry. You like her too. Once you spend some more time with her. Yeah, and Re- Reggie also backs up what Dante says. He's like, I love her. She's like, she's the love. She's my girlfriend. I love her. I want to be with her. Yep. So this uh, spending more time with her happens right away in the next scene. They're on the stoop, and uh, he's invited Dante to the stoop, which uh, sounds like a no-no to me. I don't know if it's a no-no, but I think it's. I actually think it's pretty impressive that Dante is willing to hang out on the stoop with the guys. It doesn't seem like she enjoys it too much, except when her and Reggie are making out. But it, I mean, the fact that she's willing to just chill on the stoop seems like a cool thing yeah they're making out right now um doug and malcolm are kind of just watching them make out and uh they try to explain the importance of the stoop to dante but dante's not really getting it no no it's not it's too it's too basic for her she's a sophisticated college woman and she just doesn't want to spend her time sitting around doing nothing yeah she's like i gotta go so she leaves reggie follows her and then um as they leave Kwanzi or they, they run into Kwanzi walking up the street as they're going back down the street. And, uh, they talk about like, I think he's like mentioning Sharon or something like that at this point. Is that right? Yeah. But he also, he also first, what he tells them is that he kind of breaks this news that Reggie isn't going to be hanging out with him tonight. Cause he's going to do something with, with, uh, Dante, which is a big, is big news to Doug and Malcolm because evidently it's the Knicks Celtics game, which they have watched, uh, every year as tradition. So this is the first time in a number of years that they will not have watched it together. And then he goes and hollows at Sherry. Yeah. And Kwanzi, um, he wants to be part of the new stoop group, which we've seen before too. Like he wants to kind yeah. of get his spot on the stoop, which yeah, sure. Whatever. Um, uh, Reggie. Yeah. Like you said, Kwanzi tells them that Reggie's going to be back. And then Kwanzi calls up for Sharon who closes the window on him. And then, um, they find Reggie and I guess they walk over to like the tables by the pizza place, by the court or something like that. And, uh, he's over there and are they, what is this? Talk... <laughs> they go over well, there. They, it's, they go over there to give him a hard time for not being, not going to see the Celtics Knicks game with them or coming over to watch it. And 
Reggie's response is like, look, look, look. He's like, I got this date. We're going to a coffee shop. Well, here's what I'll do. I will hook you up with some of Dante's college friends so that we can hang out tonight. And that'll make up for me not showing up for the, the game. Yeah. Um, there's a and, little, little bit in between there, but that, that's pretty much it. I think. Well, what else did you, what else did you have? Um, just that they were trying to like make Reggie feel bad at this one point, And like that, they mentioned that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't want him to forget about them. That's kind of like the message that they're giving off. They're worried sure, that if sure. he goes with, uh, he goes with Dante, they're going to forget about him and forget about the stoop. Fair enough. That is, that is accurate. So then we go upstairs. Uh, Doug's asking his dad for some money because we know he's got this date with a college girl. Um, it's not going really well. He's not handing over any money or anything like that. And then uh, Doug and his dad talk about uh, like relationships and love a little bit. Yeah, he's like, how do you know when you're in love, dad? And then Marie comes out and she's like hacking up a loogie. She's like, sick. Just bad shape. And he's like, when that doesn't bother you, that's how you know you're in love. Yeah, and his dad goes off to what we think is to get her some stuff to make her feel better. She feels really great about it. And uh, he comes back, though, and like got the tea for himself or something. And I think he that was all joke. He was all just messing around with her, though. He did get the tea for her. He was he drinking was just, it. He was giving her a hard time. Um, and then the three of them all continue to talk about like relationships and love and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, then we go to this date. Uh, we know that it's at a coffee house. That's where we're at now. It's not the same coffee house from um, that last show that we watched at the coffee house. Going plate? No. What was it? <laughs> uh, Jared Leto's Camp coffee Wilder. place? Yeah, it's not Camp Jared Wilder. Leto's coffee place. Um, all three guys are there. Reggie, Malcolm, Doug. Uh, we've got uh, at least one girl there. We see Dante and uh, Reggie making out. And then uh, the two other girls, kind of, we see them on the couch. So... Everyone's just hanging out on couches, drinking coffee. Um, Doug and Reggie are trying to impress their college dates, but uh, they don't seem very interested at all. Well, no, because they're trying to have these kind of like highbrow intellectual conversations and Malcolm and Reggie or Malcolm and, and Doug are just not. They're just trying to make about, out with them. That's all they want to do. They're like, that's what yeah, we they're want not over interested there. In that. Yeah, they're not interested in that at all. It's boring to them. They don't want to. They don't want anything to do with that. So while this is going on, some other guys show up. These look like college guys, and uh, they kind of start like talking, flirting, hitting on uh, the dates of Doug and Reggie, talking about uh, how they've got like this mountain house in the in the snow, and they can join with them. And then they invite them to go up there with them, and they, the two of them, seem real interested right away. Oh yeah, yeah, they're getting invited to go to a ski lodge with with college kids their own age and not like vermont or something kids. is that what they say yeah and then uh they invite dante to go and dante looks like she's a little on the fence like i think she kind of wants to go but she kind of still wants to stay with reggie and uh we got that dilemma going on now well i don't know i mean she pretty quickly says that she can't go that she's got plans with with reggie and i see that look like, in her eyes where she's it's like, a little bit but, it, really but she does go. quickly respond and give them a yeah i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna be able to go i've got plans yeah, and um, of course her friends wanted to come, and uh, they they tell the guys, "Don't worry, we'll talk her into it." Right, right. So we go back to the apartment uh, now. James is sick. He caught uh, what's her name, Mom Marie Marie's uh, sickness. Uh, the parents ask about the date, how it went, and he tells them that it was kind of boring, and he starts like yelling at them at this point, which is kind of weird. But uh, well, it's like he's like. He's just being he's being silly and just yelling at them for being boring adults and how all adults are boring and you're just so boring and why do you even talk about stuff? 
while this is going on, Reggie shows up. He tells Doug she chose Vermont. She left me. She's going with those college guys. And he seems pretty upset at this point. He is. Because it's like a, he doesn't really say it here. It gets kind of, I guess it gets implied. I don't know. But not only did she go, is she going with him, but they have broken up as a result of this. Uh, he invites Doug to go play some basketball. Doug's like, yeah, of course, let me go get my sneaks. And then he runs off, gets his shoes while uh, Reggie stays in the living room, tells Doug parents that uh, he's going to go to the court. Just tell uh, tell Doug to meet me over there. And they're like, okay. So um, the parents, uh, James and Marie, start talking about like the painful stage of parenting that they're in right now. This yeah. whole relationship time that's going on. Doug comes back from getting his shoes on. And uh, Reggie continues to look a little, or I'm sorry, Doug continues to look a little worried about this whole Reggie thing. He is. I mean, he, they're, everyone's concerned for Reggie. Reggie's obviously upset. And the the parents to make a comment, he's like, you know, sometimes you they, you just got to know Doug when to, when to stay quiet and just, you know, be there. So then we get a scene with uh, Doug talking to Dante over at the courts, right? Is that where they're at at this point? Uh, yeah, like right outside the court. He's on his way to the courts. Yeah, you can see him in the background. And uh, Doug's angry with with Dante because uh, she, she he doesn't like seeing his best friend like this. And uh, he says, yeah, yeah. she's like, well, you know what? It might just be best that everyone go on with their lives at this point. And he tells her, you can't. Reggie really loves you. I mean, he loves me too, but he really loves you. And... Uh, just kind of trying to one last plea to not break up with uh, with Reggie. Yeah, it's over though. It's done. Yep. She says uh, that she says this line here where it's like the the place that you live is just the starting line for the rest of your life. Kind of referring to like where she is now and where she thinks they can be now. And Doug says, well, even if uh, I find out that that's true. Uh, me and Reggie are still going to be friends. Absolutely. We go to the basketball court. Uh, Reggie's playing one on three against these guys, one right? Three against these huge dudes. No way this is real. He's no way this is real. 29 to nothing against this dude that can do reverse dunks. And uh, Did they say that? Did they say that he was up 29 to nothing? Yeah. Yeah. 29 oh. nothing. Um, then I wrote this, like the rest of the episode is just a couple quotes back and forth. Um, you don't look happy. I'm guessing that was probably, uh, Doug to Reggie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes yeah, sense. That sounds right. And then Doug says, I am, uh, basketball is the most important thing in the world is what he says. And then, uh, Doug says, Hey Reg, if you want to pass me the ball, I'm here for you. And then, uh, Reggie says, I know Doug, I know. And that's the, that's the end. Yeah. Um, there's no way that Reggie is beating these guys at all, so especially solo. I mean, Malcolm and Doug are just sitting on the fence. They're not even playing. They're just watching him one on three with these two, these three huge dudes. Reggie's not even going to beat the one dude one on one. No, 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 not at all. I'm also like, how many times is this going to be an episode where Reggie is distracted by a girl, whether it be, you know, Dante in this one, Vanzella, or who I don't remember who the other woman was in the team. Was it Tina? I yeah. can't remember her name. The Tina. Like, and it's all just he's distracted by a girl, and so yeah. he can't play basketball. I mean, that's kind of that's, his role in the show. I mean, like he's, I understand that that's his role in the show, but there's been two entire episodes dedicated to that plot. Yeah. Already. So you falling off the uh, where I live train a little bit. It's, I think it's still fun. I think it's got. I think it's a funny show. I think that there's a lot of good comedy in the show. I'm just 
I'm a little nervous that they're getting they're already running out of ideas. So we determined when Save by the Bell started, right? It was like a little before this. Uh, I think it was like '89, yeah, something like that. Yeah, definitely. Re- well, all the like talking to the camera definitely reminds me of like uh, like Doug being like the Black Zach Morris, pretty much. Yeah, I think this was something that Dougie Fresh did. I think this was kind of like thing. his stick. Yeah, okay. like like I don't. I think that this was one of his gimmicks. Okay. But I could be wrong, but I, for some reason that just rings a bell to me that this isn't the only place that he did this. Gotcha. All right. So more homework this week or extra credit, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we watched Home Free, season one, episode one. Now, this actually aired where? Not here in the, in, on Friday Ooh. night. We I should have been ready for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, let me let me. When does the show of... actually start on TGIF? Yeah. So it starts on ep- with episode six. Um, so episode six is when it comes on to TGIF. This is episode one. Uh, first episode aired on March 31st, 1993. Uh, let's see if I can get a quick little, uh, which was Wednesday. So, and it had a good slot. So it came, it, it aired on Wednesdays between the Wonder Years and Home Improvement. Seems pretty um, good. It's still didn't get the ratings that they were hoping it, hoping it would get. So they moved it to Fridays on, with, at episode six. Uh, and it only lasted one season. They filmed 13 episodes. They only aired 11 of them. Uh, like I said, the last six of them, or I guess the last seven of them were on TGIF. Okay. Um, yeah, so it starts off. Um, we got this guy. It's Matthew Perry. And he's talking to his mother. The mother is recognizable. Where is she from? She's not from going places or uh, just the 10 of us. Is she the same mom there? Or no? no, 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 no. Definitely not. Uh, I, I don't know where you would have. Okay, maybe not. Um She's, I mean, she's in a, a lot of stuff. Uh, she's in a, a ton of stuff, but nothing that I think really is in a, in your world or in my world. Okay. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know where you would you would pick her up. From. So he's in the house. He's talking to his mom. Um, they kind of talk about uh, well, the new situation that's going to be going on. His sister's getting a divorce. She's coming to live with them, and she's bringing her two kids along. Yep. And I think I think it's important to note here that Matthew Perry is a grown adult, you know, yeah. got a job yeah. and he has never moved out of the house. He's living with his mom now. It appears as though he's never moved out of the house, that he has lived with his mom the entire time. We haven't seen life. a dad in this episode, right? And I don't think we there is a dad. I don't okay. know what happened to the dad. I'm, so, I, I mean, imagine... mom's all alone in this giant house. You might as well live with her. Yeah, I mean, I sure. But I think it's important to establish that he is kind of a man child. Yeah. So. Um, so Matthew Perry, his character's name is Matthew. That's easy to remember. Got that. A lot of there's multiple people on this show whose names are their names. I okay, um, are very close. The sister's name is Vanessa, and yes. uh, Matthew's kind of complaining about her coming and like the whole situation. The doorbell rings. What do you know? It's Vanessa and her kids. Abby, who's like ten ish years old. Um, Vanessa talks about how this is going to be like really hard for her and for the kids and everything, a big change, divorce, moving across the country, that kind of thing. And then Lucas, the other kid who comes in and, uh, he's carrying Abby and Vanessa's luggage for some reason, it looks like everybody's luggage. And just to note, so Abby and Lucas are played by Andy and Scott and McAfee. These are real life brothers and sister. Oh, that's interesting too. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually had a very, I don't know, this is kind of, this is fun for me. They ended up becoming and are like currently uh, voices for some of the big characters on the Land Before Time series. So not hmm. in the original, like one and two. I think they both pick up around like three and four, but there's like 20 of those movies now. So they are two of the bigger characters in those movies. 
Yeah, and I think Matthew's trying to like get him to settle in, but uh, Vanessa's like, nope, we're going right now. We just drop off the luggage and we're going right to school. Take him to school. <laughs> yeah, and Abby's Abby's got uh, Abby is the kind of the character who is like really grumpy, doesn't like any of this. She's the you know the the Malco or the the my name Marcus and and Darren of the group, and and Lucas has got a bit of a better attitude. So uh, then we get our theme song. I'm gonna play this right here for you too. favorite i mean it's a christopher cross song so it is what it is uh we do get to see some of the other uh actors and actresses that are in the show uh the ones that jump out for me uh brooke Thies, who we know from just the 10 of us she looks like she's Good gonna friend be of the show yeah great friend of the show she looks like she's gonna be working uh at the office where matthew is yep and then we also get dan schneider which uh was a surprise to me we have talked about this before but I know you probably didn't realize that this was where we were going to see him make his appearance. Yeah. Um, probably most well known for creating every Nickelodeon show. <laughs> every every early 2000s uh, Nickelodeon show ever. And then for getting canceled for being a giant foot fetish kid creep, which... Uh, yeah, it was a bit, of a bit of a complicated figure. That's going on. Um it's a, it's a hard one for me. I like so much of the stuff he does, and that's like, uh, you know, it happens. Yeah. It happens. Um. So I think that's kind of what we learned. Like, uh, we kind of understand Matthew's gonna be working in like this office setting. He's got uh some yep. coworkers that we recognize, and uh, that's where we go from here. That's the premise. That's the premise. I mean, it's the typical some you know somebody has a life changing event, divorce in this case. They move back to a situation with other people. They've got kids and wackiness ensues. Hopefully, yeah. So the next scene we go to this office, we find out it's uh, like a newspaper job. He's a writer. Um, he's going to be writing stories and yep. seems uh, to be a very junior position too. Like almost kind of a uh, uh, what what. Uh, Larry had originally. Yeah, he mentions later in the episode making minimum wage too, so not yeah. making a ton of money doing this. But um, he's at work. He starts immediately flirting with uh, a new girl who's only been there for like four days. Um, her name's Violet. Do we need to know anything about her? No, I admit Violet. That's what I wrote down. Are you not talking about about um, Brooke Thesis character? Was that her? Laura that he flirts with immediately. All right. So here's what I, I, so I might've missed this part. The, the part that I got is that Laura, who is Brooke Thies is brand new. She comes and starts talking to Matt about some pictures that, that are going to run in a, in a story. And she immediately like asks 
came out on a date, they're flirting, and and that's what maybe I just totally blanked on the part that you're talking about. I don't know. Um, I I was like, is that Brooke Thies? Because like she had like curly hair or whatever, and then I look back at the intro theme, and I see like Brooke Thies with shorter straight hair, and I'm like, oh, it must be someone else. Again, we're watching off of YouTube, off of yeah. uh Well, VHS. clearly Brooke Thies is Brooke Thies. I mean, well, you can tell Brooke Thies in this show. I mean, you because you. I imagine you talk about her in a minute, right? Or no? I don't know. Maybe that's her. <laughs> Keep going. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. If, we'll see. If, we'll try to clear this up. Walter I'm, comes I'm a in, who's Dan Schneider. Um, and uh, then I wrote Violet, but you said her name's Laura, comes back out and starts like kind of fake flirting okay. with Walter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. This this character's name is Laura. It is Brooke Thies. And, and yeah, she's only been there four days. It looks like she's kind of a photographer, photo editor. And she, when when we first introduced her, she is, like, trying to ask Matt out. She's real nervous about it. Yeah. And he's kind of, like, trying to play be playful with her. So they they end up making a date for that, that Saturday. And then Walter, like you said, Dan Schneider comes. And he is just all, like, heavy press trying to ask her out as well. And she... She like plays along with it and is like real flirty, but we all we know that she is just messing with him the entire time. Well, I'm guessing what happens is so, so this is the pilot. It's probably taped pretty far apart from episode two, which we've seen a lot of times. Fair and uh, it looks like she goes through a little bit of a look change from the uh, the theme song video to what we see her looking like now. She's got bigger, curlier hair now. And then on the uh, theme song, she's got shorter straight hair. So that's why I think I got a little confused. Fair enough. And I wonder, too, now that you're saying this, if they did call her Violet in the pilot, Violet in the pilot, um, and I was just, I already knew that her name was going to be Laura for the show because oh, I was okay. at IMDb. So I was just thinking Laura. And they, I wonder if they did call her a different name. Yeah, I don't know. I, the thing is, though, they do say Laura a little bit, like in about a minute where... Uh, his boss comes out and says, uh, you need to go do this story kind of thing and take Laura, a photog with you as well. Okay. So All right. I, it's, it's gotta be me. <laughs> Maybe. Anyways, Brooke Thies, Dan Schneider have made their appearances. I was watching switchblade Jay white come out and make his debut <laughs> last night at the same time. That was on mute. It was on the TV on mute, but you were, it was you were going distracted. on. You were distracted. I was a little distracted. Um, now we're back at the house. Um, the kids. Well, there's another. There's another important thing that happens here, and is that the so Matt is assigned this story to go oh, like yeah. write a story, write a story about the local Rotary Club, and Matt thinks he's got this like kind of scoop on the Rotary Club, not you know like the president using funds for illegitimate reasons. Uh, and then Matt uh, Walter's story is to go and write this story about these dolphins that have kind of trapped themselves at the local pier. And what the you know how that's gonna pan out, and they end up switching stories, and that's when that's when um, the editor whose name is Ben Ben is played by Alan Oppenheimer, um, and Ben comes out and says, "Well, go ahead, uh, go ahead, Matt, and do the dolphin story. Feel free to comp your dinner, um, and take Laura with you, you know, to take some pictures." Okay. Got now it. we're back home. Abby's in the kitchen writing her biography. Working on her homework. Yeah, a little biography. And it's kind of sad. Like, uh, it's t- she's talking about, like, the family breaking up, moving, that kind of thing. No friends. Oh, yeah. It's total, total emo. Um, Matt gets home because he needs a jacket to go out and do this dolphin story. Um, Matt's mom kind of uh, gets him to look over her biography. And he's like, uh, yeah, this is spelled wrong. This is spelled wrong. She's like, no, what about the content? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's darker than whatever he says, Stephen King or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and then uh, he invites the kids to go with him to go look for dolphins because he thinks think that's that a good great. idea. Yeah. Um, the mom, whatever. What, what, what is her actual name? What I don't want to keep calling her the mom. Grace. Her name is Grace. which which mom? The 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 Matt's mom is Grace. Matt's the mom, other yeah. the Van- other mom Vanessa's is Vanessa. The other one. So Grace <laughs> says, uh, "You don't think Vanessa will, or or I think Matt says you don't think Vanessa will mind?" And then uh, Grace is like, "Nah." So they're going off. They're going dolphin hunting. Next scene, we get back to the house. Uh, Vanessa is complaining to her mom because it's 930. The kids aren't there. She's worrying. She doesn't know where they are. And then, of course, in typical sitcom fashion, as soon as she's talking about it, they walk in the door. Yep. And they're all soaking wet. It's like late at night. They haven't heard from them in hours. It's it's a whole thing. Yep. Um, Vanessa, like, doesn't seem like she's that mad in front of the kids but as soon as she they go upstairs then she kind of like starts to get real mad at Matt. yeah and the whole time that the kids are like so excited they had such a great time they're telling they're, they're trying to tell the story of like everything that happened it was really sounded really cool yeah i think even vanessa says like this is the greatest day ever or something like that so the whole plan to get them not thinking about this divorce and everything that matt had seem obviously seems to have worked at least for yeah. the temporary time um so they're upstairs they're getting tucked in by grace now and uh vanessa's getting real mad at matt and like i said he said that he was trying to just cheer up abby a little bit and vanessa just wants him to kind of like think about situations before he makes these decisions a little bit like think about like the bedtimes and where they're at and the danger they might be in and uh that's what she wants they're trying to set up this whole idea that Vanessa is kind of the straight and narrow mom of these two kids. And Matt is the, the let loose kind of wild guy who does anything he wants. Uh, the next scene, we go back to the newspaper office. Do we know the name of the paper? I don't think we do. Do we? I have not. No, didn't not catch it if we do. Yeah. Um, Matt's boss tells him that uh, he did a great job on the story and tells Walter pretty much that his story sucked. <laughs> Right. And then, and uh, Matt tries to like kind of stick up for Walter and like make some excuses to throw some of the heat on himself. Yeah. He's like, give us another crack at this story. Let us work together on it. He's like, all right. Good thing you got a good friend over there. Uh, yes. Doug, is that his name? <laughs> what? Walter. Walter. And uh, so that's going to happen. I guess they're going to co write this story, which I'm sure we'll see nothing about. Um, oh, of course not. And then while they're talking, uh, you know, Abby just shows up at the paper and uh, she skits ditched school to be there. Yeah, she's like, I want this is way more fun. I'm going to learn more here. I'm, I'm going to just hang out with you while you write your stories. I'm assuming we have a commercial break right here because it jumps right into uh, a meeting with uh, Matthew and uh, Abby and their teacher. This is the teacher, not the principal, I'm assuming. It seemed to be a teacher to me. Yes. Yep, and uh, not only is it uh, is it Abby's teacher, this was also Matt's teacher when he was a kid, so she already kind of doesn't like Matt because Matt seemed to be a troublemaker when he was in her class. Yep. Back, uh, exactly. who knows how many years ago, 20-plus years ago, I guess. No, he's not that old. Probably, I would say 17 years ago at the most. 17 minus 10... Uh, yeah, maybe. All right. And I don't even think he's that. He's probably, Matt's probably supposed to be like 22, 23. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, we find out Matt was kind of the bad kid. Vanessa shows up and, teacher uh, loves her. 
Loves her. Yeah. Vanessa was also her student, obviously. And uh, you can tell who the favorite was this duo back then. And um, don't think that's what that says. I don't think she blew Matt. It says she blows Matt. It's probably not true. (laughs) That definitely did not happen. Uh, Next scene, we're back at the house. I I think that's where we want to jump, right? Are we done with that teacher scene? As quickly as possible, yeah. Uh, Abby is in trouble because uh, everything that happens, she skips she school. Skips school. Yeah. She's uh, her punishment is the famous peeling potato punishment that Matt says she used to always, uh, or Vanessa always used to do when she was a kid. Right. And uh, Matt tells her, um, or Matt tries to talk to her about like the punishment and stuff and how it's gonna be all right, but then uh, we find out. Well, she's- he, he's like, he's like, look, your mom is just trying to do the best she can. She's got, you know, a lot. There's been a lot of change, a lot of, a lot of disruption in your life lately, and she's just doing the best she can. Yeah, we find out she's been grounded, though, for two weeks with no TV, and uh, Matt tells her that uh, her mom's just mad, and uh, don't worry about it, because uh, her mom is like, mom, mm, no idea. <laughs> okay. So then we cut to the den, and then the den, Grace is talking to Vanessa, Oh, she he says her mom is kind of like a mom dolphin and compares like the situation oh, that right. they saw out seeing the dolphins is kind of like what her mom's doing to her, like protecting, making sure. Everything's that's right. right. That's right. And Matt also, while telling the story or making this comparison, kind of comes to a revelation that the the Vanessa, like the mom dolphin, was doing what she needed to do to protect her kids because she was scared. She was in a different place and she needed to get them to safety before she could then relax and let them kind of be be kids again yeah that's it so then uh we get a scene with uh, vanessa talking to her mom about abby um and how she's kind of still worried about matthew's effect on these kids she's worried that this is going to be a bad situation yeah yeah uh matthew comes in he announces that he got a raise and that he's moving out of the apartment moving into a luxury condo with walter and uh, he's moving right now he's already packing his luggage <laughs> he's ready to go um grace of course is upset and uh, doesn't believe that uh, Matt got a raise and that he's moving into this condo. She knows that something's up, and uh, she's uh, she's seen this one before from Matt. Yeah, yeah, she she calls it out immediately. So then we get one scene with uh, Vanessa talking to her brother Matt, um, questions him about moving out because um, she knows that it's not true. And he admits it. Yeah, it's not true. And says that it's uh, it's probably best, though, that he does leave, especially if uh, she thinks he's going to be bad for the kids. And then, right. yeah, and then Vanessa um, kind of tells him that she doesn't want him to move out um, because of her. They end up hugging and uh, she admits that she's just a little scared about her new life. They both kind of come to this understanding where there's a, there's a middle ground here between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, they both thank each other though for like being there for each other, and then Lucas comes in, which is the uh, the son of this Vanessa side of the family, and asks uh, Matt if he can if they can camp out in the backyard still. And uh, you see Vanessa kind of like tell him, "No, that's not happening. You guys aren't camping out in the backyard." Right until Vanessa leaves, and Matt's like, "Meet me out. Meet me out back at ten yeah. after you know." They after your mom's going to sleep. They got their plan to sneak out, and then that's the end of the episode. We do get a credit scene, though, in this one with uh, Vanessa. Um, we don't see anything. All we do is we hear them oh, talking right. from yeah, the yeah. inside of the house. Yeah, this is all from the outside. 
you kind of see just like the windows of the house. Uh, you hear Vanessa talking to her mom, Grace, right? About, uh, right. hey, can we get the sprinklers to turn on by like 10, 16? So obviously Vanessa knows what's going on. She's going to prank her brother and apparently give her son hypothermia at the same time. <laughs> turn on the sprinklers while they're sleeping or while they're getting ready for bed and uh, ruin the camping adventure. Which is the one about their camping to begin with. Yeah. That's it. Um, so that's home free. What'd you think of this first episode? I don't know. Kind of all over I the feel... place. It's one of those pilot episodes yeah. where they have to do a lot. They've got to introduce a whole bunch of characters. They have to introduce kind of like what the show's gonna be. So I at least give it the two or three till I make too much of a decision, but I don't know. Um I mean it seems like Brooke Thies is the key to friends, right? Isn't this two two shows now she's been in with friends characters? Well, Matt Perry was also in a couple episodes of of just oh, it was, kind of, it was so the Matt same. Perry, it was the same guy in both of them. Matt, no, well, Matt LeBlanc was in. Oh no, was, it was, so Matt, yeah, I think that's what I'm talking Matt about. Matt LeBlanc yeah, yeah. was in a couple episodes, but also I believe Matt Perry was in an episode as well. Um, I think they were both in just the ten of us, and right now that now he is again with her in Home Free. Um, yeah, I don't know I, though. We'll see. There's comedy here, but like the premise is just flat right now. I, I, I like the Vanessa's character is kind of. Meh. I mean, it's the and same premise of most TGIF shows. I know, but like. it does, but it's not. It does not clicking. I don't know. It didn't click in this episode for me. Like, it, it didn't come together. We'll give it some time. Um, well, so sure. What have we watched now? Two shows. This is number three of the week that we're watching. Yep. This is the one that a- the first of two that actually. This is the actual. This yeah, this actually aired on TGIF this week. So getting by. Getting by season one, episode six, Shop Till You Drop is the name of it. And it starts off with our little intro scene. It's a quick one. Uh, most of the ones have been a little longer for uh, these new shows. But uh, it's Marcus and Darren. They want to watch TV. They want to watch basketball. But the uh, girls are watching soaps. And they don't want to give it up. Yep. That's it. Well, that's not it. Because then Darren gets into it. And he's like, all right, I'll watch this. And he wants to know what's going on in the soap. Theme song. We come back. We've got uh, the girls at the breakfast table, Nikki and Julie. And uh, Julie wa- Julie got a new Barbie, and uh, she's playing with that. Marcus and uh, Marcus comes downstairs. He's got like his uh, paint overalls on. He's going to go get some jobs to make some money. Calls for Darren, who we think is also going to join him with his paint overalls. But no, Darren is dressed in a suit. He said he's going to be the business side of this operation. They're going to go door to door getting some small paint jobs and making some money. Well, specifically they're going to paint address numbers on the curb for people. Yeah. So they leave, they go off to do their thing. Uh, Kathy comes down at this point. Uh, Dolores comes down. Um, the girls, uh, want their mom, Kathy to take them shopping because, uh, Julie wants some more, uh, like a wedding dress for her Barbie. And, uh, Nikki just wants some new clothes and they're kind of begging their mom to take them. Right. And Kathy kind of has to be like, look, it's not the same as it used to be. Like, I can't just take you shopping for stuff. Your dad had all the money. You know, we don't have we're, we're basically we're broke now. And we just we can't do that. We're not in the same position. Yeah. And she gives this and I don't know what's said to make her switch her mind. But then she's like, OK, we'll go like almost immediately after giving this uh, speech of how they're tight on money and need to save up. I think she just feels bad. I think um, she doesn't know how to say no to the kids. Dolores has a quick talk with Kathy telling her that she needs to save money. This is the whole reason why they're all living together now is because of money. And uh, she needs to teach her girls about the uh, value of the dollar. 
and suggests that maybe it's time for Nikki to go get a little part-time job. Yeah, and Kathy's like, Nikki does not, hates work. Like, there's, there's no way that I can get Nikki to do anything. Um, yeah, so then uh, Nikki comes back downstairs after going upstairs. Uh, Kath, I, maybe, Del- I don't know, if, Dolores actually talks to her at this point too, right? She's like, your mom thinks it's a good idea yeah, that yeah. you get a part-time job, and then Nikki just runs off screaming off the screen. <laughs> well, and she specifically says like, hey, I think you should get a, a job at the dress shop. But yeah, the word job just makes makes Nikki freak out. Um, but in the next scene, we're at the mall. Nikki's working. She's at the dress shop. She's got her job. Uh, didn't take much. And uh, she's doing her thing, I guess. She's working at a dress shop in the mall. Yeah. yeah that's what she's expected um, to do. Until we've got some unexpected visitors. Kathy, Dolores, and Julie have all shown up to the mall. And uh, they're there to kind of spy on her to see her first day at the job. Yeah sweet but also kind of annoying yeah so they try to hide so uh nikki doesn't see them but they get caught and then she's like i told you guys to stay home don't come out here and then as she's kind of giving them this talk they start to leave but then the store manager comes over and uh kathy and dolores kind of embarrass uh nikki right there on her first job yeah they overdo it they overdo it uh, we see Marcus and Darren coming at this point too. Apparently, they came to the mall as well, but just went to a different store first before coming to the dress shop. And uh, they tell their mom that they uh, want to buy a new TV, and it's two thousand dollars back in nineteen ninety three for this TV. Yeah, I think it was like a fifty inch stereo surround sound. I don't. Was this, I think it was just stereo. They said I don't know if it was sound. surround. Did that, they say surround? Doesn't sound? make okay. sense, but they said surround sound. It's got all the stuff, all the stuff that you could have in a TV in nineteen ninety three. Yep, and uh, I didn't write, like, really what uh, Dolores said, but, I mean, pretty much, like, no, right? Well, yeah, they're, and, and they're like, well, we can pay it with credit, and she's like, we don't do credit around here. You pay it, you either have it, and you pay for it, or you don't get it. Yeah, and then uh, and then everyone leaves. Everyone leaves them all. Yeah. We skip three weeks later. Uh, Darren and Marcus still painting. Uh, Marcus got Darren in some overalls at some point, so that job's going. They're making some money. Uh, Nikki comes down in like this real fancy dress outfit, which, uh, obviously is from the store she works at and, uh, the kid, I wrote the kids all leave. Oh yeah. The kids all leave for work. So, uh, Marcus go do their painting job. Uh, Nikki goes to do her dress job. The phone rings at this point. It's Janet, who is Nikki's manager at the dress shop. We don't hear her speaking, but we hear, uh, kind of the reaction from, uh, it is uh Kathy at first. Kathy at first, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um she's been charging clothes. So instead of buying all these clothes, which we thought she was doing like with her paycheck money, which uh it still probably would have been bad just spending all of her money right where she's working, but <laughs> right. instead she's not even doing that. She's just like running up a tab at the dress store and it's got to eight hundred and sixty two dollars and sixteen cents worth of dresses. That's wild. Like how that that's so much. Cl- like, how do you not see that much clothes come into your house as a parent? I mean, that's a lot of cl- even back then. I mean, back then, it's probably more clothes. Yeah. And then Dolores is like, don't worry, I'll handle this. She hops on the phone and starts yelling at the manager, blaming her, saying that it's her fault that she let uh, this kid charge this much stuff. I don't disagree with her. I don't completely disagree with her, but she's like, 
yelling at her. Obviously, she's going to make her lose her job if she keeps yelling at her. But uh, she's like, well, we're going to take this all the way to the Supreme Court if we have to. And then let's just- be honest. If, you're, if your manager is calling to talk to your parents because you've run up almost $900 in credit at the store that you can't pay, your job's probably not going to be around much longer anyways. Yep. And then Dolores hangs up on the manager while Kathy has now passed out on the floor. and <laughs> can't believe what uh, <laughs> Dolores has just said to her. Yeah. So then we go to the store. We get a scene with uh, Nikki talking to her manager, apologizing for everything she did, says she'll she'll take care of it, she'll pay for it, that kind of thing. Um, Janet gives her one final warning, says if you mess up again, it's going to be your job. And then Kathy shows up. Problem once again. She starts scaring away the customers, distracting uh, Nikki from doing her job. Customer leaves the store in the middle of like a possible sale. And uh, Janet comes over and fires Nikki. She's also like, you know, Nikki, you're not even good at this job. The the only person you can sell the dress to is yourself. You haven't sold any other dresses besides the one you bought. She's fired. She starts to leave the store with her mom. And then uh, they set the alarm off because for some reason they had this leather purse in her hand, which uh, don't know what the plan was there. No, I think it was just an accident because Kathy goes on this big rant about how that they will pay the bill. They're honest people. They're good people. You know, they're not they're not going to they're not just going to bail on on this amount they owe. And then as she walks out, the alarm goes. I I think there was at some point she picked it up just to as a prop or whatever and forgot to put it back down. Yeah. And then Kathy rubs it in one more time and says, this isn't even real leather or something like that (laughs) while they're leaving. Um, So Kathy gets home. Um, She's. She's. trying to get her own jobs now she's trying to mow lawns and she's going door to door trying to get people to let her mow the lawns she's trying to pay this money back she's trying to do anything she can to get to get this nine hundred dollars yeah um julie comes in she offers to give her savings which is like 60 bucks or something like that and then marcus and darren um they wheel in this tv stand that they got from a dumpster and uh wheel it into the living room so i was like all right did they buy this tv with their money that's what what i thought too I mean, the, I thought that was going to be kind of the the whole subplot here was that while these people are like going back and forth and doing silly things, trying to make, like make money to buy dresses, they're actually the two boys are out there working, saving the money to buy this TV that they want to buy, which kind of was the plot, but a little bit different. Yeah, Nikki comes in. She was trying to even sell all these clothes that she bought to her friends, but none of them want them. And uh, that's where we go back upstairs to Marcus and Darren counting all their money. 280 bucks they've made uh, painting numbers on curbs for their neighbors. Yeah, good for them. Um, Dolores comes in and uh, she wants to talk to the boys about the whole Nikki, Kathy situation. And uh, she kind of tells the boys that they should give their money to Kathy and Nikki to pay off this debt. And of course, yeah, I mean, she makes the point that like, this is a really bad spot for, for Kathy. Like she can, you know, there's going to be a lot of issues if she can't get this done. So we need to try to come together and do what we can to help. Yeah. And like, they don't want to do it, but like after she leaves the room, Darren's like, well, maybe we should do it. Marcus is like, no way we're keeping this money. This is our money. <laughs> right. So we go downstairs. Uh, Kathy's on the phone. She's trying to get money from friends from high school that she hasn't talked to in years. Um, so that's not going very well. Nikki comes in apologizes for everything once probably once again i mean i'm assuming she's been apologizing this whole time but dolores uh gives kathy some money 
that she had saved up. The boys come down and uh, watch this conversation that Kathy's having with Nikki and Marcus caves in. He's the one that jumps up and says, here, take all this money. Takes the, (laughs) takes the whole, like, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but Darren, Darren was the one that was going to give the money, but now Marcus like jumps in front of Darren. He's like, here you go. Take the money. Yeah. And uh, Dolores tells them that uh, she's proud of them. This is the right thing to do. Kathy thanks them and uh, don't know. Love all the whole people to live with. Don't know what that says. I don't know what you, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe. Uh... Oh, of that's an, that those are quotation marks. That's not an L uh, of all the people. Oh, this was this is a funny line right here, too. Uh, Marcus, uh, at the very end of the episode, he says to Darren, of all the white people to live with, we got to pick the poor <laughs> <right>. ones. <laughs> Lo- right, right. Loved it. That was a great, great ending line. End of episode. But we do get an extra scene at the credits here. Um, Dolores got the boys a TV. It's not the 50-inch TV they wanted, but it's a TV. So now they have a TV and they're happy. And Kathy asked, well, how'd you get the money for that? And she said, well, I got a credit card. And then yep. she gives it to Kathy and tells her never to give it back to her. That She's this like, was a oh, bad idea. credit cards are the greatest thing ever. Uh, I mean, you can do whatever you want with it. You can buy stuff all the time. Take it back. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So that's uh, getting by. Now we're going getting to, by. This is the actual where I live that aired this week, season one, episode seven. Um, past tense, future impact, I'm assuming is what that's imperfect future. Imperfect future. Imperfect. Okay. That's a, that's a tense, right? Isn't it future? Imperfect. Yeah. I assume it is. I'm bad with my tenses. I know more about Italian tenses than I do English. Tenses. I feel like I remember that from like high school English. Class. I'm sure it is. So we start off, we've got Sharon. She's looking for an outfit suggestion of what to wear for this date that she's really excited to go on. He's going bowling with her boy. Going bowling. Uh, James gets home two days early. He was in Trinidad visiting his father. And uh, the girls are real excited because they know when dad goes on a trip, he brings back gifts. And uh, this is no different. Uh, a necklace for Sharon, a bracelet for Marie. And for Doug, you get this calendar stick. A stick. It's a stick, but uh, is what that call it? Kal- I thought he said a Kalinda. Is it Kalinda stick? Oh, I thought it was just Linda stick. I wrote down Kalinda stick, and you're right. Uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. This stick has like a spiritual tradition that is very important to uh, James, and he's trying to give it to Doug to show this heritage, this importance that this stick has. Yeah, and Doug is just uh, just sees it as a stick. He's not interested in it. He doesn't yeah, have any I mean, he's looking, connection all right, to it. my sister got a necklace. My mom got a bracelet. I got a stick. And he's like, why didn't you give me one of those coconut heads? Yeah, he's like, those coconut heads are for tourists. This is important. This is something that you should have. And uh, his dad's getting real upset at this point. And his mom asks uh, James, why are you back early two days anyways? I'm assuming everything did not go very well with your father which uh, yeah. is going to set things up a little bit later because right now Reggie and Doug show up. Well, James does say that it's their relationship is the worst it's ever been. And yeah, he, d- he didn't even talk to his dad the entire time he was there. He just spent time with the rest of his family. Reggie and Doug show up. They're looking for gifts. Cause I guess uh, James brings everyone gifts when he leaves the Trinidad. 
And what do you know? He hands them over two of those tourist coconut heads, and they're <laughs> thrilled. That was funny. That was good. Uh, so after the theme song, we come back to the guys on the stoop. They're talking about uh, about the stick, and like Doug's really still not impressed by it. Kwanzie shows up, upset about Sharon going on the date with this guy at the bowling alley. He's like, they're making it public now. This is serious. The guys try to tell him it's not the public dates you need to worry about. It's the ones in the dark. But he's like, no, it's the public dates that you got to worry about because that's how people know that they are together. They're declaring their love. Uh, Doug continues to talk about, um, I don't know, just the connection that he's having uh, with his dad. And then um, starts talking about like heritage and like dreadlocks and hairstyles and like the importance of that. And uh, he just doesn't really get it at this point. Well, the point too that Doug is trying to make, because his dad did give him give him a hard time about. He's like, well, why? His dad was like, well, why do you have dreads? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know what they mean. They but, look cool. Yeah, the point that Doug is trying to make on the stoop is that like he doesn't have a connection with the hair his the Trinidad heritage of his dad, but he is you know him and his friends and him and the community and Harlem are trying to make their own heritage and make their own you know give meaning to their own things in a, in a in a different way, and that's what his dad is not realizing as well. Yeah, and then um, we go to this next scene. We've got Sharon. Um, she's I didn't know exactly where she was at the beginning of this, but it seems like it's down the street. This is probably like the subway station that's closest to their to their house. Yeah, over by like the pizza pizza uh, place. So she's there. She's uh, looking at her watch, trying to figure out what to do. Um, then her mom shows up, and uh, she tells her mom that she got back from her date early. And I, for some reason, thought like she didn't even go on the date. Like that's what like, I thought too. I thought this was gonna be like she got stood up or something. Yeah, and her mom was gonna have to talk her through it. But her mom knows something's up, and she tells her mom that uh, she actually left the date early on her own um, because she was embarrassed because the bowling shoes on the back of the shoes, they show how big your feet are, and apparently she's got some big ones. This is the dumbest reason I've ever I've ever seen in a sitcom for like having a bad date. You know what's funny? I watched this episode before I went to King's Dominion yesterday. Uh-huh. And um, we were getting on this ride to Mbili. And uh, if you have shoes that you're, um, that don't have straps, that don't stay on your feet, you have to take off your shoes and just go barefoot on the roller coaster, right? And you put them sure. like, in a yeah. little cubby hole. And uh-huh. there were eight kids in front of me. And literally the person in front of them, they didn't know as soon as his ride started going, they start calling him Gorilla Feet. And like all I could think of was this episode. Like they're like, "Get out of here, gorilla feet!" And uh, he just goes off on the ride, and they're making fun of his big feet. This seems so silly. Okay, I guess it's, I guess this happens to kids. This is a real know. thing. This seemed like a really dumb reason to run out on a date. And then they started giving their own friends trouble for having big old feet. They're like, "You got some big dogs down there." That's what they said. <laughs> yeah. So. They go upstairs to the uh, to the apartment. Um, James is like looking through a box of stuff, saying like children are so unappreciative, and uh, he's looking at this uh, Kalinda stick again at this point. Yeah, Cherry walks in and says, "Thanks for the big feet, Dad." <laughs> goes to her room. Uh, yeah, so she, James is still upset about the stick thing. Obviously, the phone rings. Uh, Marie, I believe, answers it at this point and says uh-huh. to James that it's his father. And James uh, does not want to talk to him. And then there's some comparisons of like the stubbornness of 
everyone at this point. Like he's just comparing like the generational stubbornness going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he's him and Marie just started to kind of talk about it and about how, you know, his dad has never been happy since he left. He thought his, you know, his dad always imagined that he'd come home and, and that uh, moving away from the Island, he's going to lose his connection. He's going to lose his culture. And that, you know, he just has never accepted that James is not leave is not coming back to Trinidad. He's going to be living in, in, in New York now. Yeah. Marie tries to like assure him, like, don't worry, you're not losing your, your heritage, your, your, your Trinidadian culture. You're just gaining Harlem culture at the same time. Right. Right. And, uh, she tells him that he really should uh, tell that to his father, like tell him about yeah. this like new culture that he's adding to his old culture. And stubborn old James just says no. Right. And I don't know if it's here, if it's later, but you know, Marie kind of says like, you know, he's, he's not just worried about you losing your culture, but he's worried about your kids not having that culture at all. And that's really where the culture gets lost. It's, yeah. It's, it's I think we're, I think we're almost to that point of like the okay. realization of that's what he wants. But, uh, the next scene is uh, James talking to Doug, um, who at this point has kind of changed his technique a little bit. He's apologizing yeah. for kind of force feeding his heritage on him and says that um, he's going to cook him an authentic Caribbean meal tonight to kind of like ease this culture back in. But Doug is not interested in eating goat. He's like, no goat, dad, no goat. <laughs> and James gets mad once again for not respecting culture because uh, it says he just doesn't understand it. That's the important right. thing. Like you don't understand your culture. That's not, that's why you're not taking it in. And James tells him cut off those dreads right now. Right. And chases him around the apartment with yeah. a pair of scissors trying to cut the like, dreads. I'm going to do it myself. Gets the scissors. They run around. Um, Doug runs yelling for his mom and James, uh, Continues to chase him and saying, you don't deserve them. And then Marie calls them uh, both an embarrassment. The phone rings. Doug answers at this time. And uh, I wrote down once Doug to tell. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. the message that uh, Doug's grandfather gives him is to tell your dad I'm willing to work things out. Yep. And that's kind of all we hear from that. Phone Let's figure this out. We'll see what happens. Um, we go back down to the stoop. Uh, Doug is um, telling his friends about how his dad's trying to cut off his hair. And he's like exaggerating the story at this point, too. Like he had like a machete and, and all this stuff. Yeah. And he tells them um, about uh, talking to his grandfather and uh, the same stuff, like the culture and the issues with all that and everything. And Doug realizes that the reason that his grandfather's upset this is kind of that connection point here is that uh, his dad is uh, losing his heritage, which is the relate like like you said with Marie saying it is losing the heritage because he's not passing it down to Doug. That's what his grandfather's yeah, upset yeah. about. The, the yeah, the heritage is just going to vanish with the generations because no one is bothering to continue it. Uh, we go upstairs once again to uh, Marie and Sharon. Uh, Sharon is uh, still upset about the bowling shoes situation. Marie has come home with a gift. It is some bowling shoes in Sharon's size with no big old number on the back of them. So now she's excited she can go bowling. She can go bowling with her, with her boyfriend. Uh, James comes out to the living room. Marie tells him about uh, like just kind of talks to him about being stubborn and thinks that he really needs to realize 
uh, how his dad feels and also how Doug is uh, grasping his culture, like uh, trying to connect everything together here. Well, right, right. And she kind of reiterates, like, just keep sharing, just keep doing what you're like, just do share, but don't force, like, just kind of find those connections. Yeah, because she's like, uh, I mean, if you just share it like that, eventually over time, he will appreciate it. Right, right. So I think one final scene here in this episode, uh, it's in the kitchen. Um, we've got uh, James and Doug talking about the history of dreadlocks now. He's telling him the story about the significance and like what it means. And like, I didn't write down this whole story. I didn't really care that well, much. Well, it's, it's, it's a little bit about that, but it's also more like, Doug, you know, I would never cut your hair because the whole point of the, you know, the whole thing is that uh, I can't remember the, the the term that they use to, to signify like the cultural aspect, but essentially it's the story of Samson and Delilah, how Delilah cut Samson's hair and Samson lost all of his power because Delilah cut his hair. But the meaning to them is more that Samson didn't lose his power because the hair held the power. He cut, he lost his power because he felt like he lost his, his, his faith and he lost his, his, you know, his reverence to God. And that is why he, he lost his power and that that's why a Trinidadian man would never, you know, cut his hair. Yeah. And um, you can see Doug like really listening to this story yeah. that uh, his yeah. dad is Cause it's a him. story. It's a good story. He tells it well. It's a story. It's not just like him yelling at him to do something. Yeah. And it looks like really Doug really like appreciates this, like not right. just, not just the story itself, but like the way that his dad is telling him. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, the phone rings once again. Doug answers it. He tells his grandfather um, that his dad has just told him this story about Samson. And uh, but he doesn't. He doesn't just say that. He kind of says like, "Hey, hey, Grandpa, have you ever heard this story?" And he kind of, kind of sets it up in a way that his dad, his grandpa, can like really tell that he this enjoyed is what it, and, like learned yeah. about it and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he kind of ends the quick conversation with his grandfather, telling him that he would really like to visit Trinidad and come see him, and then hands off the phone to his dad. And then, oh yeah, the the this is kind of a joke that went throughout the episode. The uh, James talks to his dad. He says, "Father, how you doing, man?" That was my impression of. Uh, That's not what he says, though. It's uh, no how how, 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 you, how you keeping, man? How you keeping? How you keeping? Yeah. And then uh, you see, like, this is kind of a weird edit cut here, but like Doug is kind of like running off like into the other room. And then uh, James kind of like reaches his arm and like pulls him in for like a hug as he's talking to uh, to his dad. And that's right. the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting week. I mean, this is uh, a weird week because obviously, like we said, two episodes aired, two episodes didn't air. We watched a bunch of stuff, but we're going to rank them all together like they all aired on a, a week of TGIF. OK, we're going to try to at least. I, I'll go first here. I've got, okay. and I don't, so it's, it, it's, it's tough for me because honestly, I didn't care for most of these episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to put the first where I live episode six at number four, uh, getting by at, at three home free at two and where I live seven at one. And I would say the number one is number one by far for me. Oh, okay. I, the, the where I live six was just, I feel like we've done that plot and it would just seem played out home getting by nothing really. I just didn't really, doesn't didn't really do much for me. And then home free, like there's just, there's potential there, but it just wasn't clicking yet. So hopefully, hopefully it does. Hopefully it comes together. 
I mean, it didn't last that long, so maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But I, I really like the the episode seven, the TGIF episode of Where I Live. I, I thought it was a really good episode. I thought, like, you know, good story, good moral. Well, well done. I, I thought it was a really good episode. What was your number four? The Where I Live number six? Yeah, just only and, and honestly, if that had if the other episode hadn't happened two weeks ago, I probably would have ranked that higher. But yeah. we just saw that exact same plot. Well, I'll tell you my four, three, two, one. I have the exact same number four. Where I live, number six. The other three though completely shuffled around. Number three, I've got Home Free. Didn't do it for me in the pilot. Number two, I have that uh, episode that you liked a lot of Where I Live. And then number one, I put Getting By is my number one this okay. week. All right, all right. Uh, what are we watching next week? Yeah, so we're going to watch episode two of Home Free. Again, did not air on TGIF, but, we, but we're kind of splatting them in there. So we were caught up by the time it does start on TGIF. So Home Free, episode two. Um, Getting By, season one, episode seven. And Where I Live, season one, episode eight. You know, full our Family Matters, step-by-step, step, we're both on reruns. So we'll just fill one of those slots with the Home Free episode. Three shows for you next week. We'll be talking about them. Make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIFcast in case we change anything, in case we have any updates, anything like that. Uh, thank you once again to Abina for the theme song this week. Yeah, thanks, Abina. And you two can send in your own version. Uh, just email it over to us, tgifcast at gmail.com, and we will play it at the start of an episode at some point. Absolutely, we will. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to get into this home free thing. I, I, I hope, it, oh, man, I really hope it finds some. I hope it finds some cohesiveness before it before it's totally over because there's comedy there, man. Like Matt Perry is is. Matt is good and I like the mom the mom's a good character there's a lot of potential here that just wasn't gelling I think in this episode well it only lasts one season so I'm not sure it's gonna gel I <laughs> I hear you we'll see. I, you're probably right we'll see so. what happens um but yeah we'll go with it <laughs> all right um i don't know is there anything else any other teacher i have to talk about i can't i don't think so uh we're getting close to uh awesome con in dc i'm sure we'll have updates on exactly the day that we're going to be up there for that but we are going to be there so go ahead and get your passes now because it'll save you some money yeah. if you wait to the end to get them um that's all i got Luis did send in a message yesterday to con that confirmed that Matt Shackman's going to be directing the Fantastic Four movie. I don't know if you saw that. Did see that? I ignored it as, so as soon as I saw that it said Matt Shackman on it. Yeah, not not because of you, Luis, just because of Matt Shackman. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, want anything else, Steve? Nope. All right, man. Have a good week. You got it, dude. Podcast.